Now it's time for our daily Bloomberg Law Brief, exploring legal issues in the news. And today, Bloomberg Law host Doom Grasso discusses why one appeals court ruled the SEC's use of in-house judges unconstitutional, while another allowed the practice to continue. She speaks with Peter Henning, a law professor at Wayne State University, and Gregory Morvillo, founding partner at Morvillo LLP. Peter, explain the reasoning that led these appellate courts to come to different conclusions, completely different conclusions. Well, the issue here is whether the SEC's administrative law judges are what are called inferior officers. The Constitution requires that an inferior officer be appointed either by the president or by someone who Congress uh, designates who can appoint that person. And so you have to go through a particular appointment process. If you're just an employee, like I was back long ago, then you're just hired through the regular civil service process. The split here is whether these judges uh, are inferior officers. Do they qualify for that position? And there's some history in the Supreme Court about that, but it's really a, a pretty simple, straightforward issue. Are they or aren't they? Of course, playing that out will be the really difficult part. Greg, the SEC has been using administrative judges since shortly after it was created in 1934. Why the controversy now? Well, the controversy stems from the fact that most defendants don't believe it is an inherently fair process. The SEC wins somewhere in the neighborhood of 95% of their cases that are brought in front of an SEC ALJ, whereas when they bring cases in federal court, they're down at around the 70% mark. So the difference between going to federal court and going to have your case heard before an ALJ is a huge one in terms of that 20 to 25% of, of whether you can or can't win. And indeed, there are some ALJs who have never decided for anyone but the SEC. And so defendants look at it and they think this is an inherently unfair process. That's how it started, this kind of a challenge. That's Gregory Morvillo, founding partner at Morvillo LLP, and Peter Henning, a law professor at Wayne State University, speaking with Bloomberg Law host June Grasso. You can listen to Bloomberg Law Weekdays at 1 p.m. Wall Street time here on Bloomberg Radio. Now among the top legal stories from Bloomberg Law, Qualcomm says China's Meizu Technology has agreed to pay licensing fees to settle legal battles in China and three other countries. The move demonstrates that the U.S. company can defend its intellectual property in the world's biggest smartphone market. This is the first time Qualcomm has asked Chinese authorities to enforce a settlement that set terms for licensing fees. The deal also ends patent conflicts in Germany, France and the U.S. Lawyers in a climate change case want to question President-elect Donald Trump's choice for Secretary of State. ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson's testimony is set for the day before Trump's inauguration, January 20th. The lawsuit was filed by teenagers claiming the U.S. government failed to protect the environment from global warming. Exxon has joined the government in fighting the suit. In California, a parole panel has delayed a decision on whether to release an accomplice of cult killer Charles Manson. Patricia Krenwinkel took part in the killing of actress Sharon Tate and six other people 47 years ago. She's now 69, has been denied parole 13 times, and is the longest-serving female inmate in California. 
And that's this morning's Bloomberg Law Brief. You can find more legal news at BloombergLaw.com and BloombergDNA.com. Attorneys will find exceptional legal research and business development tools there as well. Visit BloombergLaw.com and BloombergBNA.com for more information.